Hello and welcome to the Bad Pipes Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Kelly, and with me today... A wise tree named Andrew Weaver. <laughs> and another uh, another wise tree named Tom. Oh, I'm a tree now. Right. He's here. I'll take it. He was he was gone last week, but this week he is here. I've re-sprouted. More of a fungus. Uh, <laughs> the allegations of him being asleep uh, this week have been proven false. Yes. <laughs> Not nearly as tired as last week. All right, so we're going to run through the news real quick. Then we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to revisit Barbie a little bit. And then we're going to talk about Twisted Metal and then Waterworld. And Conan to the wrap Barbarian. it up, Conan the Barbarian. The uh, 82 film featuring Arnold, the Schwarzenegger. And James Earl Jones. He's a big part of it too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That guy's in it. He's... Dude, I, I love the cast of that movie. Well, I mean, we'll the get there eventually. But all right. So first up, uh, in the news, Wizard Wizards of the Coast has uh, found a little bit of a controversy because in their upcoming, or maybe it's out already. I don't know. Uh, Big B presents Glory of the Giants source book. Uh, they used AI generated art. Dun 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 dun. That was the controversy to begin with, because the art for a certain couple things was very odd. Uh, and then the artist themselves that worked on it came out and was like, no, uh, it's not AI generated. It's like AI polished, basically. So only certain details have been touched by AI. How do you all feel about that? We threw it in an AI Adobe premiere and it touched us up a little bit. God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the memes for That's the AI weird. Adobe are funny. Um, I mean, to be honest, I think it's it's foreshadowing what's to come, right? Which is like we're gonna get rid of all the artists and only pay one guy to do the art, and he's gonna do it all with AI. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This. I don't think this is what we dreamed of. I thought the robots were supposed to do all the work and we were supposed to do all the art. But you know, dude, I said that. Deal. The, um... Every time we talk about AI, I'm like, this isn't iRobot. iRobot <laughs> told me the middle management guys were gonna get taken out. Yeah. <laughs> the um, the artist apparently tweeted out and was saying, yeah, the AI was using the process to generate certain details or polish and editing. Uh, to shine some light on the process, I'm attaching earlier versions of the illustrations before AI had been applied to enhance details. Um, so they had like a bunch of examples of the illustrations. Yeah, it's like it's a partially finished. Uh, the initial one is like a partially finished depiction of the final product. And you yeah. can see where AI has like done some of the like fading and added layers to certain aspects. But honestly, I like the initial one more. I just wish that like someone had finished it by hand so it would have looked like more yeah i wish someone would have spent an extra 12 yeah. hours on it and made it look good but instead yeah. oh, we had an ai do it in five seconds. you're working for one of the largest <laughs> like toy and no yeah absolutely you're They're... working for one of the largest toy companies in the world like hasbro yeah. is like a multi-billion dollar corporation yeah um it's actually funny the, the one i'm looking at i'm like honestly i like which, which is funny because ai is not normally good at this but i like the hand on the the AI detailed artwork better. It looks better. Yeah, there were certain aspects of like the musculature that it like blended better. 
Yeah. Yeah, so what? Someone pumped a bunch of aesthetic fucking Statue of Davids into it. <laughs> it knows what a good-looking guy <laughs> looks like. Big whoop. What are you going to do about it? So, God. I don't really have much else to say about that unless you guys do. No. Um, Just disappointed, I, really. I, I, I don't. Um, but we can move into more stuff that they can go ahead and use AI-generated art on, which is their upcoming schedule for 2024 for magic the gathering hold on before that uh i also uh a video was brought to my attention by dungeon craft on youtube have you seen that guy nope he's just like an old school D &D tabletop role playing kind of guy and he's got like walkthroughs for how to play like most tabletop systems like the dude is old school you know like he's got it all down yeah. Um, but he made a video recently talking about the Wizards of the Coast book sales, right? Because like player handbooks, if you look between like when did fifth edition come out? Like 2015, 2016? Yeah, it's fucking been a minute. So like since it came out, it sold like one point five million player handbooks or something like that. But then you look at uh source books and adventure things and like Something like Strahd will sell, will have sold like 87,000 copies, Which right? Game sells itself. But everything that's coming out now is only getting up to about 20 to 25,000 copies sold, partially because of the, the previous controversies, the open gaming license stuff, uh, things like that. Um, and he said to put this into perspective, these source books are literally being outsold by the D&D cookbook, which to date <laughs> has sold more than 200,000 copies. Jeez. So the D&D cookbook is outselling their modern source books by a factor of 10. The brand is more important than what it actually is. <laughs> yeah. So, no one actually wants to play D&D. They just want to make muffins that have little dragons on them. Yeah, no one dice <laughs> bags and have 10 sets of dice and, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's become like a, it's become very vain. It's, it's all about vanity. It's all about, can I buy the nicest fucking lasered wooden box for my dice? My like fucking custom resin polyhedral dice to, oh, to yeah. put in that wormwood box. Oh, man. And let me guess, the numbers aren't even in like Roman numeric. Oh god, what are, what are they? Oh, what are, what are your what are your numbers? How do you how do you know what you rolled? Tell the, me. The the dice that it's it's actually just a sphere and it's hollowed out and it just like, oh! it has a little it has a little spinny thing and some like glitter goo inside and it. You know. Oh, it's like a magic eight ball, but it's a dollar. yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, roll to attack. Mm, <laughs> looks like I got a natural XX, buddy. Ooh. I love it. I love it. I love it. God. All right. Uh, let's let's talk about Magic the dice, Gathering. I was like, what the hell? What yeah, I, I was going to say, if you want to talk about more shit that is all about the brand and no one fucking actually wants to play is Magic the Gathering. Because I saw this schedule for 2024 and I immediately went, yeah, I'm just... Since, I, since I've moved, I've been kind of done with Magic because I don't have a play group here like I did back home. But yeah, seeing this makes me even more just want to be like, yeah, fuck this game. Which um, is weird because you're in the Midwest, which is the uh, 
the gaming oh, capital of dude, the there, USA. There are a fuck ton of uh, oh, there's local, groups. Local game. There, I just don't want to go. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 local game stores all over, and there's like groups. And I, I even joined like a a Kansas City like like play group or like Magic the Gathering group where like the people talk about like getting together and playing. But I'm just kind of like, eh. I don't want to know I, about your Facebook groups. You know, I'm also I just don't have, I don't have time for I don't have time for it right now. Um, but yeah, so like this schedule. First of all, I, so they're they're uh, they have like two, or they have one remastered set. They're doing Ravnica remastered, which I'm totally fine with. That's the only one that I'm kind of like, oh, that actually. I just don't care for the remastered sets. Yeah, I just you know I like I've always liked Ravnica. That was one of the first. That was a, a pretty a I pretty early set. I was literally about to say I'm not I'm not playing Magic until Ravnica comes back. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and like some of these like so some of these like newer remastered sets I don't mind because they're basically like taking like a beloved plane and they're taking like so like Ravnica has three separate blocks or sets or whatever, and they're take they're gonna take cards like beloved cards from all three of those and combine into this one remastered set, which is kind of cool. Um, d based on the price point, if it's priced reasonably, then it's cool. Otherwise, yeah, fuck that shit. Um, Modern Horizons three, we're getting at some point, like end of Q two. That's whatever. That's gonna be an expensive fucking. Then we have like th four new planes that they're introducing, which all sound fucking. One of them is called Murders at Karlov Manor. So it, it's giving me like some weird fucking murder mystery vibes, which I. I I don't know how I feel about that. Murders One of them is called Karlov Manor. Is that, yeah, Murders I mean, at Karlov Manor. Karlov has such a vampiric undertone to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't... Yeah, I just... I don't know how that's going to go. Um, then we have Outlaws of Thunder Junction, which looks like a fucking, like, Red Dead Redemption ass. Like, we're getting, like, cowboys in trains. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing with that. <laughs> Then we yeah, have this. This cover art looks amazing. You kidding me? Yeah. Twist, and then, uh, Twisted fate with the Balrog, uh, Medusa, a goblin, and three other desperados. Not a bad group. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hold on. What was what was the title of it again? Outlaws uh, of Thunder Junction. Straight up yeah. out of out of a goddamn theme park. That is that is a what theme was, park. What ride. was the name of the the Disney like train Thunder, ride? Thunder. Was it Thunder Road or whatever? It was like Thunder uh, no, Mountain. That's, that's a, Thunder Mountain. It was Thunder Mountain. Bruce Springsteen album. Yeah, th Thunder <laughs> Mountain. It's Thunder Mountain. So yeah, this so sounds like a play on some fucking. Uh, we we are in. We are yeah, in, shit. What the fuck? It's there. Better be like a special land card called so, something quarry blank saloon. Yeah. It, it's all gotta <laughs> be there. It's all yeah. gotta be there. I'll but, here's the set details from MTGFandom.com. <laughs> Outlaws of Thunder Junction is the long-awaited top-down design set based on Wild West tropes. It yeah. is a frontier fantasy where outlaws come to seize their futures. The years and make a fortune doing it. No, we, we've 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 devolved so far from what magic should. Be. Outlaw Outlaws of Thunder Junction only decks. I'm I'm only <laughs> playing in Thunder Junction tournaments only. We're role playing. We're all fucking partners. <laughs> We take care of our decks before we take care of ourselves. Uh, there, our uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But then we have Bloomborough, Bloomborough, and Duskmorn. I don't give a fuck about. It. I don't know that. I, I don't know. I don't know what those are. But then my my, my main point of here is we have some more expanded. Uh, what are they? Universes beyond. 
We're getting a Fallout set at the end of Q1. And we're getting an Assassin's Creed set at the beginning of Q3. You've all earned them. You're very I, hold on. Who, doesn't I love, actually, who doesn't love mashups? And I actually have a Discord sound for uh, Outlaws of Thunder Junction. This actually <laughs> comes from us playing Hunt Showdown. <laughs> oh man every, every time you, you top deck something now playing Magic the Gathering Arena just perfect <laughs> hell yeah MTG trying to capitalize on Hunt Showdown popularity god <laughs> I, I don't know like we this is all over the place like I don't know what kind of connect the dot art they're trying to do here but you have I mean, Ravnica remastered, an, old, an oldie but a goodie, can never fail, right? We're also getting Ravnica Clue Edition. We're getting a, a clue, like like the board game Clue, but Ravnica. I, I, I was literally going to say Knives Out as well comes with it for some reason. <laughs> so so it's Ra if Ravnica and fucking Ryan Johnson had a baby, wow, I'd like to see that. Uh, yeah, I'm come on, guys. My mouth. <laughs> yeah, actually, funny enough, somehow... Brian, Brian Johnson got his hands on Ravnica Remastered <laughs> and is like the director of the cards. Yeah. He's, he's pulling the trigger on what's getting printed or not, and he is subverting Cease a lot. This depravity. I'm not allowed to just say shit. That, that's our Connect the Dots. They got Ryan Johnson. That's why yeah. they're, they're they're pulling some Disney shit here with Thunder Junction. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to make a boat out of out of these dots they're giving me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then yeah, Cowboys. No. It's gonna be amazing. Ma Magic has just evolved into, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't... Well, they did Cyberpunk, what, earlier this year? With the, uh, Kamigawa... Okay, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty was a great set. There are some banger cards in there. Actually, some really good playable cards. Well, I, I enjoyed that know, set. I don't know, like, who nowadays gets excited about, like, westerns or that kind of stuff. Like, I know I do, but that's because I'm a big fan of, like, the old Dollars trilogy and Clint yeah. Eastwood in general, you know? Here, here's the thing is, it doesn't matter what the fuck it is. It's Magic the Gathering, so people are going to buy that shit up. They're going to they're gonna <laughs> take out a second mortgage on their house to afford buying, like, five yeah. fucking collector's right, boosters. Gonna there's going to be, there's like... gonna be one ultra rare worth $25, <laughs> one rare worth $50 for the first two weeks and i'm gonna be all in Dude, baby. this this was like me talking when when andrew and i did one did box one. comes with the million dollar railroad yeah. spike oh, 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 yeah. oh, one of one railroad <laughs> spike uh -huh. oh my oh. god i can't i can't believe i got uh you know who one of Dude. these cowboys names is gonna be like uh Alan's caboose, an, an legendary artifact card. creature, a uh, horse, high ho silver. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> literally, literally uh, trusty steed. It's like a three-three uncommon, but it's worth like fifteen bucks. And you're like, whoa, gotta get a set of those. The only fucking artifact creature you ever pull is just gonna be like mechanical horse. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a vehicle, by the way. Shit, they, can, they can still be on brand. I hope they put the DeLorean in there. Did, uh, <laughs> did you guys did you guys hear uh about post malone buying the one ring yeah yeah i did yeah that's i heard about two, it. two 2.3 million or something 2.6 yeah, people are saying 2.6 anymore i i figured it was for taxes i figured the guy looked at him and said i'm getting two million dollars he's like what he's like whatever happens that check needs to be the exact amount to where i have two million yeah you aren't cheating me out of dude post out of my money just looks my like money. 
a grizzled old man now. I don't know what happened to him. So he spent oh. two point six million dollars on a piece of card. Yeah, he uh, he got he got like really clean and sober. Like like he's oh, not drinking. He's not drinking as much, so like he like he's just gotten like real skinny because he stopped drinking Bud Light all the time like he fucking used to. Um, what the fuck, dude? He doesn't support Bud Light. Uh, it's not that. I mean, he stopped drinking Bud Light well before the whole Bud Light controversy. Um, he was just trying to be a little bit healthier. So, like, people, Dirty people, here first guys on the Bad Pipes podcast. Uh, Post Malone doesn't support <laughs> yeah. trans people. I'm, I'm sure that apparently. I'm sure that we're not the first to say that. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think this is hearing up first. <laughs> don't put don't put words in our mouths. I also, um, I just I don't believe that. He doesn't. Oh my God! How do I say that without a? I do believe Redacted. that he does support trans rights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he definitely. I, I, I feel like he does. He's a pretty. He's a, he seems like a pretty decent guy. Um, yeah. I, people were like going off on on the internet, being like, "Oh yeah, he's like, uh, I, I'm worried about him. He seems like he's like a hard addicted to fucking some shit." And it's like, nah. I think the dude just got skinny because he stopped drinking beer. Like. He's like, it turns out when I don't drink, I'm like negative 600 caloric deficits and it just yeah. sheds off. Yeah, I'm like with how much he's performing and shit and like yep. going all over the place. Turns out you can't put back a lot of water weight if you just all kind right. of stop drinking a bunch of water. I think we're done here with uh, Magic the Gathering. We want to move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I got an article here under our articles tab. It's from Newsweek. Uh... An article by Jamie Burton titled How Men Are Watching Barbie Wrong. So basically this article just goes through and talks about how uh, rather than reading this, rather than viewing the film as the uh, like uplifting feminist manifesto that uh, Greta Gerwig made it as, uh, Certain men saw an entirely different film. This is direct quote from the article. Some accusing it of sexism and others heralding it as a pro-patriarchy awakening. <laughs> isn't it funny? I'm, I'm Whenever we talked about this, isn't that almost what I said? Is that like it almost comes across as a pro-patriarchy kind of thing? I think I remember that being said. Yeah. yeah. Break, break out the logs. All right, so then uh, in this article, there's a freaking Twitter thread, or sorry, I don't mean a dead name Twitter, uh, an X thread. Um, you dirty <laughs> Basically, where they're using this guy's Twitter thread in the article as a uh, as like proof of of this concept of men watching the Barbie movie wrong. All right. And it uses a couple terms that I had to look up because I'd never heard them before. And when I looked them up, some people were like, these are dog whistling terms from the alt-right. So I really don't know. Uh, the only big one is longhouse. Have you guys heard this term? I have not. Okay, so a loose definition of it would be the longhouse is a matriarchal society lacking in privacy, personal liberty, uh, wherein women enforce their social power to policemen, right? So it's like uh the reverse big, of big the concept of a patriarchy yeah yeah <laughs> big, big sisters sister, always listening not watching yeah. but listening <laughs> so like i just want to read through a little bit of this thread and if you guys want to make comments we can like stop and talk 
uh, but it's from a guy on X named uh, 6IEGE, so like Siege. Um, I'm behind it. And here we go. That's the most interesting thing about the Barbie movie is Ken's bloodless revolt against the Longhouse. You are Ryan Gosling. Gosling is Ken. Ken is Prometheus. And perhaps you are too. Let's take a look at the parallels between Ken's world and ours. Ken is you. He's an exaggerated Western man in the 21st century. Anxious, confused, chasing women who don't care about him. He exits the Longhouse and discovers his own will to power. Like you, he decides to bring this knowledge back to his fellow man. Listen to me. This is Ryan Gosling here. He's been the most celebrated avatar of outcast men in our society for years. He's the exaggerated antagonist turned hero. That's <laughs> awesome. What a, what a what a mindset. I I can't. I wish he I keeps could going, think, dude. I wish I could think like that. If you haven't seen it, Gosling finds himself portraying Ken, a doll designed to vie for Barbie's love and affection for eternity an all-too-modern bug man in a gyna-centric world. Have you heard this term bug man? This is the other term. Is, I, I haven't heard that one is either. Is that supposed to be like a metamorphosis reference or something? Have you heard the I will not live in the pod, I will not eat the bugs or whatever? No. Yeah. That kind of like meme talk. So a bug man is someone who does eat the bugs. Oh, so like a, a, the, the, a bootlicker, but... No, it's like... Uh, in the future, we'll all live in pods in this uh, perfectly uh, egalitarian world wherein our places are assigned to us by a benevolent overlord or whatever. Yeah, so just like someone going with the status quo. Uh, yes, but Blinders more... Blinders on, a, a little more insulting, like sheep. It's more so on you, sheep. like within the realm like of like the, the Andrew Tate realm right it's like you're i still don't even know who the fuck that guy is he's a fucking goofball we don't have to get I, 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 listen i'm just saying like he has come and gone i mean he's still kind of around but i still have no fucking clue anyway yeah we digress <laughs> uh but so there, there's like this idea of like sigma male right which is like oh, a yeah. man who has like self-actualized and become something and given himself value right it's kind of like what they one talk my, about one of my favorites and like Best. the inverse of that is this like man with no value who just does what he's told right and that's a, a bug man yeah. it's <laughs> the the terms make me laugh more than anything else knowing that like people actually believe in this shit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um all right, so an all-too-modern bug man in a gynocentric world. Uh, except he's not alone. Gosling is surrounded by other Kens, all of which has have the same sole goal, get Barbie's attention. Like crabs in a bucket, the Kens are constantly pulling each other down in an effort to impress her. An all-too-familiar sight. Like the longhouse, Barbie land is filled with houses with no walls and no concept of privacy. Sexual activity is limited in the real-life longhouse for these reasons, but it's made impossible in Barbie land because as dolls, they have no genitals or any concept of sex. Damn. <laughs> Ken starts off as the feminist ideal man, a totally subservient man with a desire for Barbie that is not even sexual. It's just programming. He does not know why he wants to sleep over. He just knows it's something he should want. So... I, I think I've read enough of the thread, but, uh... Finish the manifesto. <laughs> I mean, it is... It really looks like this guy is having an awakening, but it's, it's like, 
waking up in a dream and in another i mean this guy's just inceptioning himself really yeah it's it's he's like... broken one wall just to look at another completely <laughs> incorrect wall woke up from the dream in another dream absolutely yeah. he broke up he broke out the south wall and they're like dude we need to go north fuck well, i'm just gonna keep going south then. yeah I i'll just... get there eventually and like the article gets into this and uh it brings up as well like uh toxic feminism has risen to the top and i think whenever they get to that they start talking about like piers morgan and ben shapiro who were both <laughs> like i can't watch well, this movie without feeling gay or whatever nonsense uh, i mean footing. i i had uh, i overheard a conversation at the office yesterday or the day before um where some dude was talking to another guy about the barbie movie and i heard him refer to it as maoist propaganda <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> We're going down to, to Tiananmen Square. <laughs> Holy shit! I I just like I heard him say that. I I literally had to turn around and be like, wait, did I hear that right? Like, did he really Maoist just call Barbie Mouse propaganda? propaganda? <laughs> uh, uh, it was wild. I just if think we don't stand a... up now. Our liberties are going to be taken. From I just think it's a movie that like. Yeah, in its I, effort I to support its theme ended up like subverting its theme unintentionally yeah. like and i think that 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 is an issue with the the director there uh um, yeah possibly the uh, writer as well yeah it it did i it, it, it didn't I mean, the fact that like people kinda... are interpreting it like this like this dude has yeah, yeah. Like, the problem the problem is is just how magnified it got how and how quickly it happened People were yeah. like, just bring out the, let's peel back the layers of the, even if, who the fuck knows if they literally sat down and said, we're making a movie. Yeah. That's, that, that's why, that's why I think it, it, it is really funny. Cause it's just like the majority of the vocalization here on the movie, like the majority of people talking about it are like these like right wing commentators or something like really getting into it and like doing that, like just peeling back layers or like trying to find more meaning into it. And then I feel like a lot of the people who have just like, like a lot of people who are like who have enjoyed the movie or like it are just like yeah it was a movie it was it's it oh, a good movie well, well, like you, you can't you can't have like a normal opinion like that what are you crazy yeah. well what's interesting <laughs> you know, one side of the seesaw you asshole you can get into the conversation of like artist intent versus audience reception right yeah uh something that first brought this concept to to my attention was there's a pretty famous story about Ray Bradbury giving a talk about um, Fahrenheit 451, where in his lecture, he was essentially saying that the book is about the dangers of television. And a kid in the audience was like, respectfully, sir, you're completely wrong. It's about censorship. And they argued for it a bit and Bradbury came out of it like kind of frustrated and angry. But then like the more he thought about it, the more he was like, damn, that kid was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's an interesting uh, exploration, I guess, of that concept, just like the conversations taking place around the movie where you do have people reading it or viewing it as a, this oh. is an uplifting film for women. And then you do also have people reading it as uh this is a movie talking about like the trials or the 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 state of like 
modern 21st century man, you know? For, forgive them, they know not what they do. Uh, there's a really good interview. Who's who's the guy who's really good at interviewing people? And, and, and the actor, behind the actor studio or whatever. Channel He's, 5 News? Oh. No, no. <laughs> old school guy. He was interviewing Steven Spielberg, and he made the correlation in uh, Close Encounters with the Third Kind that they communicate with the aliens through music and he's like oh your your mother was a musician and your father was um was a director so them communicating through the tv with music is sort of like a parallel right and steven Spielberg is like yeah to- whoa i didn't even think of that i realized that <laughs> just now oh my god well, thank you thank you for saying that like some artists just do not know subliminally what they put out there yeah like subconsciously some of mm-hmm. like your the nuances or your frustrations can come through and like maybe there's another guy on youtube i don't know if i want to recommend him just because he his videos are all like three hours long for most things uh i think i think his name is like little platoon i definitely wouldn't recommend him to everyone but if you just have if you want to like sit down for three hours or you're doing something you can listen to it in the background but like he's I think a philosophy major or like he's a pretty high tier, not high tier, but like got, has a pretty high, what am I trying to say? He's at least a master's in philosophy and all he does is like rip films apart. Um, but he's got a video basically talking about this and he brings up like maybe this, some of these aspects are Greta Gerwig's, recognizing subconsciously at least that like not all of the things being said like being exposited in the movie are true and you get that through the character of ken who like his life isn't good he starts off miserable and he ends the movie slightly less miserable basically like being told to be okay to go off on his own progress I think you get like maybe one <laughs> one line about that to like tie his story up. Um, but yeah, so dude, it's all gonna come together in Barbie too when he teams up with his Puss in Boots counterpart, whoever the fuck that may be. You think I'm wrong? <laughs> all right, so. I thought I thought he was teaming up with He Man for like the uh, the like Mattel Avengers. Great, that that could be his Puss in Boots counterpart. <laughs> I would like to see a Ken movie where he's getting played with by a kid who's pretending that he's like a Vietnam, <laughs> <laughs> like a Vietnam he, GI that, Joe. He, kind I was of guy. gonna say he is the GI Joe hostage. Like, yeah, just have to go rescue him. You basically have uh, Ryan Gosling as Ken doing like an 80s Schwarzenegger Stallone in the jungle kind of movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got he's got the, the black paint on the cheeks to block his reflective his reflective cheekbones. But like progressively, the movie gets like more and more absurd. Like instead of fighting the Viet Cong, he's fighting like undead skeleton hordes, and then like I don't know what other boys' properties. Uh, Mattel owns but Hot like, Wheels. Yeah, he hops in a Hot Wheels and starts oh, just absolutely. like absolutely jungle jungle chase with every Hot Wheel that's ever been in production. Gunning down gremlins and what goes off a plastic ramp. Yeah, they probably won't be allowed to make that though, because JJ Abrams is making the Hot Wheels movie. Oh my god. Uh, think about it. When they do like the the side by side wheels spinning, 
how much lens flare is going to come off that. You're, you're going to have cataracts by the end of it. If you have something. God, dude, him and his fucking lens flares. He's never living it down. Who's going to tell him that like lens flares in a movie doesn't mean good cinematography? I was impressed when it happened in Star Trek the first time. I'm just saying. I remember vividly and I was like, man, that's amazing. And I said, ow, after the third one. And I said, is this going to be every movie? <laughs> and he said, not only every movie, also every Star Trek TV show. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it the staple of sci-fi. Nothing, nothing makes your mind wander like a big old flash of light in the fucking corner. God. My, my, my brain's supposed to look there. What's going on? Nothing. All right. That's all I have to say about Barbie. That's all I have to say about Barbie. Uh, Twisted Metal? Twisted Metal. Alright, so Scott and I talked about the first five episodes last week. Uh... I forgot to watch the other five. What the fuck? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm fucking... I'm fucking oh. No, I watched them. Um, I, I liked it. I liked all of it. I get what you were referring to with the ball pit now. Um... Yeah. Yep. They got they got it on in that ball pit. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked what they did, especially with like, okay, so we ended up with like I, I think uh, essentially the climax where you had uh, all of our characters kind of come back together for this like small battle royale with all the the vehicles. Yeah. And which uh is kind of a uh I mean obviously it's the namesake. Like Twisted yeah. Metal is a game that's basically a demolition derby. Yeah, yeah. And you got an aspect of that in episode five. But then like you said, episode six is like the ball talk stuff ball talk. The <laughs> ball talk the, the ball the ball pack. The ball pit uh stuff. Um, yeah. which I found like it's a slow episode because there's like it's a, a storm going episode. on and you don't really know what's going on with the storm i i, I was going to say i almost just would uh, i get it like they were using that to like really solidify the romance between our our two uh protagonists here but it, it like, that part felt in this episode like dialogue character motivation i yeah. found it was a rather touching character development episode yeah, they also introduced I, that kind of supernatural, otherworldly element of this storm, which like strikes him and gives him a weird scar on his back. You know? Yeah, no, I think I enjoyed it overall. It was pretty slow, and then at the same time, like it felt uh, something about the way they broke it up with like the flashbacks and everything. I didn't enjoy as much. I, I liked the flashback. I think I liked the flashbacks more than I enjoyed like what was going on with them, like in this uh, this fast food restaurant. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it it was good. It felt. I think. It, I think it, like the pacing or something was a little off for me. I wish I had taken better notes because I watched this two weeks ago now, and for episode seven, all I wrote was "Holy shit, that's a dark opening." More sweet tooth backstory. The bar fight. <laughs> oh, um, that was the one where it it reveals that Sweet Tooth was the child actor and the way he like. Oh, with the dog. Yeah, that. God, that, man. I was watching that and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I was like. Okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Holy that, shit. That, that That's got a me dark a opening. Bit. That is very dark, yeah. That shit. Because, like, that up shit. to that point, Oof. he almost seems as, like, a cartoony, silly kind of character. And then, like, mm -hmm. he, that's his backstory, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, that, that, one, that one threw me off. I was like, damn. 
Because you think Uh-oh. the actor he's jealous of is like another kid. Yeah. <laughs> and the dog comes out of the bathroom like with the toilet like, paper on his paw, and you're like, fucking oh Billy. my god, that's so funny. I was like, with a name like Billy, who names a dog fucking Billy? And then, yeah, the dog comes out, and you're just like, and then I, I knew where it was going. I was just like, no, fucking don't do it. And he fucking did it. <laughs> and the Skittles? You learn yeah. why you like Skittles. <laughs> yep. Uh, episode 8 was the uh, walk in the storm and John opening. That's where you see him wake up as a kid. Yeah. Uh, yep. I thought that was pretty good interesting. It was like interesting to learn the backstory of the character of Evelyn, you know? Yeah, yeah. I did uh, I did enjoy getting to see like how he found her or how he, yeah, how he found her and like all that cuz this that's in conjunction with the holy men stuff, right? I yeah. believe. Uh that's also the the pseudo biker gang holy men. Um I actually yeah. wrote that I I appreciate a biker gang that isn't just a portray like they're not just portrayed as like a white supremacist group because typically you'd be like oh there's a biker gang and it's like all white dudes who have like hoods on but this is a gang that all has hoods on but they're all different ethnicities and the preacher who leads them is i can never remember that actor's name he's is he nick from new girl that's the dude right no he looks so much like him no he is it's, uh, let's see. I got Little it here. Old, what's his face? Jason Manzuk- Manzukis. Oh, see, I was like, for some reason, he looks a little bit like the guy who plays, uh, who plays Nick in New Girl. I mean, I guess. Or maybe, maybe it's that they also kind of sound the same, but yeah. No, yeah, this is the dude from The League. Yeah, I don't know what all he's been in. Usually I don't like him. This is another part. I think I started to talk about it in the other one where I was like, it has a lot of actors in it that typically I don't like them. But he's an actor kind of like Anthony Mackie where like I'd never been impressed with his performance or anything like that before. But in this, they like got the most out of him. And he's actually like a pretty interesting character. And they do bring up his actual twisted metal backstory, which is that he gets possessed by like a demon ba- baby and murders a whole like church of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So they might actually get into like the supernatural aspect of the the game, you know? Um, yeah. And then uh, I believe this is also the episode where Evelyn dies. Yes. Yep. Evelyn does die. I will say Roadkill is a really cool upgrade, though. Roadkill is visually a cool car. Yeah. Very Mad Maxy. I was like the, about to say the same thing. Yeah. I don't know what it actually is. I'm not a car guy. Disclaimer: um, I'm not a car guy. I think <laughs> it. I'm not a car guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, episode 9 was definitely a little slow, but it was a good e- setup for episode 10. <clears throat> um, like, at the end of episode 9, you are very keen to see some twisted metal at the start of episode 10. Um, and by that, I do mean 
the finale, you know, you, you get the big car fight and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, episode 10, explosive romance effects, not always great, but fun. Uh, practical wrecks were very good. That's something that you just don't see a lot now is like use of practical effects and stuff. Yeah. And it sets up them getting a, a season two pretty well. Um, I don't know if they will, especially with all the writers and actors on strike now. But I mean, I'm I'm hoping that they get a season two. Yeah, um, they definitely set it up for it. So I would I would hope so. Like John's betrayal, too, at the end. He gets betrayed yeah. by his lover and the people he's working for. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they said that. I mean, I love that they were just like, they're, they're setting it up for like, hey, like now we're actually getting into like the actual like destruction derby, like, yeah. like battle royale it sort of thing. It almost feels like the setup to like a Mortal Kombat movie. Like at yeah. the end, they show you the like tournament board and all the different like characters. And you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I this is a failing on my part. I can't remember what Calypso was in the game. So I don't know what character or like what uh, this person is supposed to facilitate in the show. Yeah. Apart from the tournament, you know. Calypso? <laughs> now yeah. I'm saying Twisted Metal or Calypso is like Kind of, I want to say, like, very similar to Shang Tsung. I want to say he's, like, the organizer of Twisted Metal, and he's, like, the boss. He's, like, the Vince McMahon. Ah. God, dude. You know what I get recommended all the time on Instagram is, like, wrestling videos. And, like, half of them are Vince McMahon just being fucking outlandish. Yeah, I, I dude, mean, I... Quite, quite, quite literally two sentences into the Calypso Twisted Metal wiki. Calypso is uh, the creator of the Twisted Metal contest. <laughs> Talk, yeah. Talking about Vince McMahon, I was at uh, a bar this past weekend. Um, it's actually a dope, super cool arcade bar um, where they just have like a bunch of old school arcade games and like N64s and shit hooked up where you can like play like Super Smash tournaments and all. But they um, at like the upstairs, like outside area, they do nothing but play WWE like compilations from like a DVD disc. They <laughs> they had. They had on Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah, and then that finished up, and they switched. They switched to Vince McMahon. <laughs> I was like, "That's that's pretty cool." It's funny because if you watch some of like the mid two thousand stuff, God, there are no filters back then. Yeah, like the era whenever uh, John Cena was like rapping at people is just fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> they loved it. I still love it. I watch. I, I, one of those videos pop up. I'll watch it to completion like three times in a row. <laughs> right. Speaking of uh, demolition derbies, Waterworld. Oh, Waterworld. Yeah, def definitely demolitions. Uh, first of all, this movie wanted to be Mad Max so bad. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I... but did it have to be? <laughs> So I actually I actually watched this with Casey last night and I was sitting there 
and I, I turn, and I go, at one point I go, this is, they just, like, they wanted to be Mad Max, but, like, instead of it just being, like, this dry, arid desert wasteland, it's just water. Yeah. They're like, we're just going to hydrate everything. Like, like, and it wasn't well, enough for them to just be like, yeah, we want to be like Mad Max. They're like, no, we have to go one step farther. So there's, like, yeah. the girl with the prophecy, and oh, then he's yeah. a mutant, and his ship is, like... A, a super special the, boat that has special powers. The fucking bizarro yeah. star chaser ship. No one's seen a catamaran before in their fucking life. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, it might not be a catamaran. I forget which one has the three. Well, even even to the point that like they call water hydro, just like in Mad Max, it, it's given the Aquacola name. Um, Pure hydro. And and the the same thing with like, obviously the limited resources and all that. I, it, it just yeah, the movie, it, it felt that way. The movie I think suffers from like not only wrong time, wrong place in reality. It suffers wrong from time, middle wrong act. place, wrong time, wrong place within its whole universe. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, why why is humanity generations removed from civilization to where everyone alive has no clue that there's buildings under them? Like they don't right? they don't know that there's like, like yeah we once like came from the earth and then it flooded. A hundred and twenty years or something like that. I thought they uh, yeah, said. I'm, but like, why not make it like fucking ten years? The world yeah, was... would, the world would be underwater because <laughs> the Kevin Costner couldn't be a freaking fish mutant. Well, see, you could. A, admit that if you wanted to. Also, B, so funny because that's not how mutations work. Yeah, it's not yeah. like you fucking yeah. mutate to fit the world you live in. You have random mutations, and the creatures that survive are the ones that are like... He also has to have like an air bladder somewhere inside of him so he doesn't suffer from like decompression sickness or anything. But that's that's anatomy class. I'm not good at so, that. So there, there were... Uh, I wish I'd written them down. There were a couple plot holes, like big plot holes. A that, couple. Like, yeah. <laughs> there were some plot holes that Casey and I noticed, like as we were watching it. She pointed out one. I, I, I one of them I pointed out right from the get go is like he shows up at the atoll, and he's just like, "Hey, I got this dirt. I want to trade." And then he like gets all these chits, and then he buys a tomato plant. And I'm like, "What is that? To what is that tomato plant growing in?" Well, the no, same amount so, of dirt. Yeah, it's the dirt. same amount of fucking dirt. Like what? No, so dirt dirt is like gold to them. So like yeah. it's not I, I guess I see your point of like why didn't I are you saying like why didn't he just keep the dirt? Well, no, no, because I'm like, uh, no, more so I'm just like, is that tomato plant in, in some fucking dirt? Not worth more Top. than the fucking like half, half of the chits he got for the fucking dirt? But he, but he got double the chits. Tom they, saying they, the the dirt is like fair. gold to them gave me freaking uh, I think you should leave flashbacks where they're playing the song and he's like, and the bones are dollars because <laughs> <laughs> the they're, they're skeletons. The bones are like dollars. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, what is it? The bones are their money. <laughs> God. Um, like. In Mad Max, the vehicles become like characters, right? But his boat is clearly gimmicky, but it like never takes that next step into like becoming a character in the way that like Max's uh, V8 Interceptor does or like the freaking war rig or anything like that, you know? At, literally, the turn where 
he loses his boat and they lose their girl and they both he goes there goes my boat like he he isn't dumbfounded like he just fucking sits down and goes what am i gonna do now like he is sobbing like they're stranded so they're basically dead also, and like, like she like, sits oh, there and we're says, basically like, dead and she's like i guess we should fuck now yes yes <laughs> i'm going i'm going to say why didn't you love me earlier and he's gonna be the fucking shy boy in high school twisting his ankle because i know you didn't really like me <laughs> what you're about to f you're literally think you're actually thinking man i hope some crayons are laying around so we can like write something down like, so the world knows okay, we're he's here like, no, oh no. i i won't have you but i will sell sell your sex off so that i can get some paper yes <laughs> yeah, yeah that was <laughs> god also it's very convenient that they left like the library of his ship just like intact like the one thing they didn't scuttle or raid they're like ah fuck it we're it's, it's gonna sink. We're good. <laughs> and it's just like the treasure trove that they left behind. It's got National Geographic's just sitting in there with evidence of trees and no one cares. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. she's drawing mangroves and I happen to have a National Geographic yeah. that has that on the cover. Yeah, dude, she's what? seen land, what? <laughs> also, the movie benefits way more uh, if, and potential for a sequel but I, I i remember hearing somewhere that by the end of this movie no one wanted to even attempt to do it again but kevin costner dies and they never find dry land dry land needs to still be like a hope an ideal the fact that they find their little island oasis and kevin costner's like yeah psh, you guys are cool and all but i'm gonna split my true love is the sea yeah. What? what development is that for our hero? Also, I got a million problems in one with Kevin Costner. It's it's also like why Mad Max works, but this doesn't, right? Is because yes. there is a promised land. People go out looking for it and they find out that it's not real and they have to improve the world that they're living in. And like that's the actual moral of the story is hey, there is nowhere else to go. The earth is on fire. We have to fix it, right? Like, it, it's very much an ecological theme of, like, we have to fix the world that we're in, you know? Whereas this is like, no, it's real. We can go somewhere else. Yeah, just keep the faith. Literally, in Kevin Costner's case, be a dick because you're a mutant and you figure no one else is going to like you, so you're kind of just a swashbuckler. Be nice to two people and eventually you'll find salvation. God, you can ditch him, by the way. Talking so much about Kevin Costner, though, let's talk about, like, casting for this movie. Kevin Costner is the lead. I don't know how I feel about his performance. Like, I get what they were going for, but it just yeah. felt boring. He's, like, he's at his best when he's actively engaging with the scenery, like, chewing the scenery around him. But he's written to not do that, and you end up with this, like, flat, underutilized performance. Like, he he's just... a good actor, and he does nothing for this entire movie. He's yeah. too unassuming of a man to be the mysterious man with no name. Yeah. Like, he just looks like a normal-ass dude. You're like, what the fuck does this jabroni want? Like, the fact that you like Dennis Hopper mm -hmm. more, Deacon? Yep, yep. You, I, you love the bad guys in this movie. The bad guys yeah. in this movie are fucking fun. Uh, and, like, De like, they're not stupid. They no. plan ambushes. Who the fuck would suspect jet skis underwater hidden with ballast and you doing the home alone on a fucking shipwreck? with dead people 
<laughs> Who the fuck is like, yeah, something doesn't seem right. I talked to that them. That they somehow group. got there before him, despite the fact that he's got the fastest boat in the world. Yes. I, like, <laughs> Deacon was on his shit. Kevin Costner is just more than a man, clearly. He's yeah. a mutant. But Dennis, Dennis Hopper is like the standout performance. That dude is just fucking awesome in like everything he's in. Absolutely. Even the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie where he plays King Koopa, Dennis Hopper's the fucking dude. Come on. That was the whole reason why my it brother all circles that. back. His first his first paycheck, he bought three DVDs off eBay. Um Porky's, the Super Mario Bros. movie, and Tank Girl. And we watched all three of those suckers. It was it was such a mix, and I will forever be thankful for it. But yes, Dennis Hopper is fantastic in this movie. Um, his right hand. Um, oh God, I think oh, his the, name was the Australian Nord. guy, right? Yeah, Nord. I think Nord. He was great. You should have bought me that drink. <laughs> like that's why he's his bad guy. I'm your rival because quit. you didn't give me a drink. Yeah. We're forever God, connected. Man. Also, do you guys know that? Uh, good old Mr. Noodle from Emma's World is in it. He's he's the the goofy little scientist, the guy. In, if, if we don't know Elmo's World, Mr. Noodle. I think that's before my time, Tom. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you y'all are crazy. I just don't think you were on PBS. That's all. Oh, I was definitely on PBS. Arthur Clifford, yeah, yeah. I was there, buddy. And then Sesame Street, and then specifically the end of Sesame Street, Elmo's rule that you would sometime go to Mr. Noodle, and Mr. Noodle is like this mind guy who has crazy hair. He's also from Jurassic Park Three. He's the guy who gets eaten by the Spinosaurus. The the like uh, well the guy. There's many. Um, wild, absolutely wild. But then Jean Triplehorn, the girl who plays yep. the female lead, like she's a great actress, but again, like she's written so annoying in the beginning that you never get over it. So how is she like the straight arrow? I don't know how the world works. Again, generations into the world being water. Right? Like, like how does she not have her own works at this yeah. point? Yeah, how how is she like? Oh man, what's what's going on here? We're out at sea. What? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then like, how do you not have like times, some decorum and like how to carry yourself? She doesn't know anything. And then like out of nowhere, she'll be like, "Isn't that your code?" And you're like, "Yeah, wait a second. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she is very wishy washy with her logic. She doesn't know whether or not to be a damsel in distress or I can do stuff and just pick a line. It's cool. And then like I think I texted you guys about this or something, but like. They le I legitimately didn't know Jack Black was the pilot until the end yeah. credits. What yeah. a waste of a performance. Just like and then I posted his cut scene, and I'm like, that scene is good. Cut one of the stupid, boring scenes where nothing is happening in the middle of the movie and put that in. Well, yeah. so, like, the story beats in this movie are great, but the execution literally makes it feel like a quick time event in a video game that feels so unnecessary and extended that you're like, why is this going on five minutes longer than it has to? Um, a yes. scene that sticks out to me is a boat chase, the boat chase where they get ambushed and they have to go to the left side of the catamaran to dodge the net. All right, now we have and to go to the, the right, right side. side. Steer the boat, steer the... <laughs> Forget it, come to the right side, hit the circle button, rotate your joystick. And like, I'm just like, I'm waiting for the events to pop up. I wish I had a controller so that I could play around. 
Yeah. But like, it's crazy how I can almost see that pattern and go like, man, this doesn't feel right. That just isn't how movie flows. <laughs> A good movie flows. But then the return to casting, Kim Coates, who plays the uh, the other like seafarer guy, mm, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. his mind. He's a fantastic actor. And Amazing. even in this, what a weirdo. Like, he's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And, like, literally all they had to do was, like, he needed more screen time. Like, and he needed to be a character that wasn't such a freak so that he could join the main crew. So that he's, like, in the uh, end fight. This movie benefits from the less screen time you have in this movie, like, the better off you are with, like, exception <laughs> to Dennis Hopper. Everyone who's in this movie for, like, ten minutes, you're like, they were great! What happened to them? But like, you, yeah. in, in the back of your mind, you're like, you know what? Maybe it's best that they only got their 10 minutes scene. I don't think I could take an hour and a half of them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he just, he's such a good actor and it felt like such a waste to kill his character off. Yeah. But I mean, you also like, have to figure this was. He absolutely could have become like a goofy, quirky, like kind of losing his mind sidekick. Yeah. Like, he could have been there for all of the stuff that he was, that, uh, and at the very Kevin end, Costner's become the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, like the fucking Nord could have shot him instead. Yep, I was going to say, he could have caught the bullet for him. Which also is crazy. Kevin Costner does the whole fourth act with a fucking wound in the gut. I get it. Yeah. It's and not it going to kill you? Yeah, he's like uh, he ziplining and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no biggie. He gets poked in it and he just goes, eh. Poke me harder, Daddy. I, like, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what's going on through his character's head. Like, the cast was just so underutilized, man. Like, just wasteful. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, even, it's funny because, like, it seems even, like, some of the characters were just written to be better. Like, Kevin Costner's character, it, it, just in execution, bad. Dennis Hopper straight up gets like amazing lines he gets to say. You get you got two ways of getting out of here. No way and no how. Ha ha ha. Like he gets I love that his line. introduction where he's like, cousin, what's that cousin's name? Uh, I think it's Charles. Charles! Charles! Maybe he goes by Chuck or Charlie. <laughs> or yeah, whatever it yeah. is he says. Like <laughs> Ah, did I say that? Uh, I might have said that. And then like hands the gun off to, to Nord to go kill them. Like, this guy's great. And he yeah. got, it's, I don't think, like, I don't think maybe Dennis Hopper was improving. That'd be amazing. That makes sense. But at the same time, he gets those lines and they get in the movie. Everybody else gets like, uh, I think Kevin Costner, what is it? You need to listen more. Listen to what? The ocean. Like, what the fuck? Say something fun. <laughs> Say something where the character, yeah. like, we well, that's what I'm saying. Like, with you. You would put like, up laugh. with him being the straight man if they added, uh, Kim Coates' character as like a quirky fucking weirdo, you know? At least at least someone to make him like cuz the movie also has a weird tone where it doesn't know if it wants to be whimsical fun adventure or deep dark this is like what society feel... digressed to Mad Max. Like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like fun adventure, out at sea, maybe find land or Society has crumbled. Everything fucking sucks, and all people want is clean water and oil. Still, for some reason. Yeah, which like you just can't. <laughs> like you just can't do it because of the way the villains are written, right? Like it's yeah. always gonna come. It's always gonna come across as like goofy silliness. Um, oh, dude, it 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 felt like the very beginning. It felt like it felt so decent. Like it felt like 
the movie was taking itself just seriously enough, and then it very quickly devolved into mm-hmm. very fucking silly, like very well, over so the as top. Soon as, as soon as they break out the fifty cal, yeah, <laughs> give me the keys to the city, will ya? <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, oh no, is this really city. gonna be? And he's got the freaking the pig mask on, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's so, it's funny, it's legitimately funny. <laughs> and then they yeah. go, they go ramping off, and these, like, so. Dennis Hopper isn't a moron, but his goons absolutely get in the way of everything, and that's the best part. And it's yes. even it's even stuff like them, like uh, the whole scene where they're like they're 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 on the jet skis. They have like the the nets or like whatever, and they're trying to like catch his boat. And he's just like fuck that up too. He's just like he's just like having them all lean to one side, like lift up the side, and then like they go over it, and then like eventually they all like all the jet skis just get they tangled together like, in like one themselves. mass. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I, th- I feel like the easiest way to improve this movie, right, is that they just needed to gradually add more and more recognizable faces to each side. So at the end, they could have, like, this big monumental clash. Like, yeah. add Jack Black in as a character. Add Kim Coates in as a character. And, like, Dude, each give, side give amasses space. forces. Because you, yeah. you gotta figure, this is a three-hour movie. This is an epic. And it climaxes with the the lone super soldier who again is kevin costner which nothing nothing against kevin costner but the most unassuming superhero i would ever meet in my whole fucking life if kevin costner walks up to me and he's like you got another thing coming i'd be like i don't know i think i got i I don't know i'm not that scared (laughs) of you arnold doesn't even have to say anything to me if he walks into a room i'm like holy shit that's arnold swords like that man's huge yeah, he's got like I hope he's not mad at charms, me. You know, he's yeah, fucking massive. That's an imposing figure. <laughs> My question is, why not just get Mel Gibson? Well, and I was going to say, <laughs> to Mel Gibson, the Mel Gibsons, the Bruce Willis, those squirrely, like, I'm just a normal dude, but I got, like, panache. Like, at least they have something to them to where yeah. they can play, like, a strong silent type. Kevin Costner can't do it. He works best yeah. in, like, with quirks and, like, jabs yeah, and like getting in the saying, last when he was word. like engaging when he was, with the scenery and like when he's robin hood okay i can dig it i dig that hero i dig his robin like the believability of it he could be robin o'loxley he can't be the silent mariner oh i'm a vagabond even in even in if have you guys seen the postman no the po- i haven't postman is some um it's uh it's just some AB, what am I saying? Cut and dry post-apocalyptic. Like it's okay. like a boy and his dog kind of movie. He's, I mean, he's literally, it's kind of where Fallout New Vegas gets its courier idea from. Hmm. He, is, he is a postman who's delivering news between civilizations and this wasteland. So something we haven't really talked about is that at the time it was made, this was the most expensive film that had ever been made. Mm. What? And it's not hard to see why it flopped. That's wild. So the director, whenever he was looking at making this movie, went to Spielberg, who had shot Jaws, and he was like, how do I do this? And Spielberg was like, whatever you do, do not shoot on open water. Shoot in a tank. And you know what he did? He shot in open fucking water. Shot in open water. (laughs) That atoll set is in open water. Imagine paying for a fleet of ships, like chartering a fleet of ships, 
every freaking day for shooting God. for six to 12 weeks of shooting it yeah. was it, it i mean it kind of killed like just doing things like having all physical sets like that this is it was the death of practical and like the birth of cgi all in one like it was just a huge, <laughs> whole revolution like right out toy story ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba whole game changed overnight uh, yeah, because that's one the, uh, world in toy story <laughs> the the cgi of the whole underwater scene like the cgi of the water scene any any cgi, CGI that had to happen kite coming out yep. oh i i just want to say i as i watched her get into that submarine that he pulled down underwater i was just like i just want to take a picture of this and post it and be like this was the submarine the billionaires were all in. <laughs> <laughs> might as might as well have been yeah. <laughs> she didn't get cold or nothing I didn't know. Ooh, my toes! Like she's fine. She's going down. And go, they go several go. atmospheres down. Oh too. yeah, so it's That's like twenty-seven fathoms at least. They should have seen some fishies. That's the other thing. Only one shark attack. Like not not even like a whoa! Look at this whale! Like every marine, there should be marine like I don't want to say everywhere, but you should be bumping into a little more than just a shark or yeah. That's an listen, That's an yeah, They were already, they were already listen, in the budget. Listen, I, was, I was about to say, let's talk. It wasn't in the budget. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it. We that wanted purple said, fish though, just swimming through it. The practical effects in this are very, very good. Oh, no, they're great. It's oh, just... Yeah. They're fantastic. To, to make that all happen. So nuts. I mean, so we talked, I think, last week or the week before about how at Universal Studios, they had the Waterworld experience or whatever, where they do the stunt show. Yeah. And it was like based on Waterworld or whatever. And like, it was just a bunch of practical effects and they show you kind of how they did them in the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you wouldn't have that if they weren't so good in the movie. Like they yeah. are very good in the movie. Definitely. Um, I, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a hilariously ridiculous movie that I got to kick. You know, I might revisit it eventually. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, I don't have Peacock. That's why I didn't watch Twisted Metal either. But I own it on Blu-ray, and I popped it in last night. Watched, watched like that. a quarter of it, passed out, and finished it. Literally it. coming in here. the most boring um, part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I sure did. Um, the whole yeah, so, hour. <laughs> like I, I really, I really, because this is a goldmine idea. Waterworld is such a neat idea. It's yeah, and it plays highly like, exaggerated and could totally be funny. And like, that's well, the point. So, is, so that, that brings me to my next point. Do you guys want to just, do, do you guys want to go in together and do the remake? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Waterworld would 110% work as a Cowboy Bebop Samurai Shampoo-esque episodic series where 25, you get 25 episodes. About like 18 of them don't matter, fun water adventures, but like the six that really, really matter that everyone's like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. We knock it out of the park, boys. <laughs> we gotta have like a dog episode. We knock it out of the park. <laughs> I'm not wrong. They would work so well as like episodic, this is an, the adventures of the Mariner. And instead of making him a, a man with no name traveling the waters on his boat, make him more of like a... I hate that they don't give him a name. I, I hate that 
Yeah, again, I think that plays into it would be way better if society wasn't so far removed and like he did come from civilization and to touch on the mutant thing, it wouldn't be unfathomable to think that the governments would know that the ice caps are melting and that ocean levels are going to rise. So maybe Kevin Costner could have been a soldier who they experimented on and that's how he gets his gills and flippers. Uh, I only because the way this movie portrays mutinism, you kind of expect to meet a society of mutants at some point. Yes, yes, and that's and like that's the other thing. I don't doubt that humanity wouldn't go to like nomadic culture, but I don't think it would be one drifter just hanging out. Hey, I'm a drifter. You don't know whether or not to trust me. There would be like like, six people hanging out on a boat together and going like, "Hey, you're you're alone. What the fuck are you doing?" As far as I'm concerned, he's the only fucking he's the only fucking one because we don't. Yeah, like, everyone else is like we've only been in the square mile yeah. of water. We don't know anything around us, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. I've sailed the seven seas." Oh, I mean the entire. I've sailed farther than anyone else is even. Hey, yeah, and also, are they are they hanging out in the Mediterranean? Because he said they're speaking Portuguese, which so if he knows that Portuguese and Greek are languages, where did those languages come from? That would make sense. The before four times. Well, the thing is, is that those two societies are naturally seafaring societies. Yeah, surely. So, I mean, they they the Portuguese enslaved half of Africa and sent them to America to live, and the Greeks were, uh, you know, they got lost in the (laughs) again for ten years at a time. Listen. (laughs) When you got when you got a two thousand island archipelago just spitting out of your west coast east coast, you get lost all over the place. You're lucky. Right, you speaking find of mutants, though, teenage uh, mutants. Have you guys heard of Chaos Rising? No. So Chaos Rising was a crowdfunded little film, kind of a proof of concept that you could make a show or a movie inspired by the Warhammer fantasy world. Hmm. Um. They full released it. It's on YouTube. You can watch it right now. I'm pretty sure all you have to search is Chaos Rising. But it's like... uh, I'm going to admit, it has more of a fan film type feel than anything else. Yeah. Uh, In that aspect that, like, it's fun, but it kind of unavoidably falls into the, like, fan film trap of being, like, a little too campy at points. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't get past the overshadow, like the overshadowed uh, framing. Yeah, like at, at some points, like grimmer. I'd say it even like skips camp and just goes straight to cheese. But like it, it certainly tries to keep to the spirit of the thing, like tries to keep to the spirit of Warhammer Fantasy, because it's just like a little forty-minute film, and it's about a group of Norskin raiders who are raiding a uh, Bretonian village. Um, or a Bretonian fort, I guess. And there's like all this backstory that comes in, and it, it one they show you the same scene like three times <laughs> from like different people's perspectives, and you're like, stop showing me this. <laughs> Just give me more action. Um, yeah. I will say the special effects in that not great. <laughs> There's lots of like beheadings that just look like cartoony. Um, like, like Equilibrium? Ah, it's been so long since I've watched Equilibrium. It's always a good one. Well. Um, but Scott, I have, think... you, have a Greg? Huh? Have you seen Equilibrium? No. 
Oh boy. Bro, you wait, know wait, some wait, wait, what is this? Gun It's like Christian a, Bale. It's a 2001, maybe 2000 2002. Yeah. Um you can't show emotion in society and they're like these enforcers that make sure you don't show emotion. It's what? A, no, I haven't seen this. It's, it's so like, fun. It's so fun. It's like if Brave New World met the Matrix. Oh god, yeah. it did it did so bad. It grossed 5.3 million on a budget of 20 million. Dude? <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, it did so bad. <laughs> so now you have to watch it. I, I really want to. And, and that so that is it's another not good, but idea. it is fun. It's yeah, it's got, another goldmine yep. idea. All-star cast. Something happened good, along the way. It, it's Something got happened. good reviews. It's got good reviews though. It's got a 7.3 on IMDb. It's got a 4.4 on Google. Uh, that's probably a bunch of 20-somethings. It's got a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was going to say, uh, I guess it's <laughs> not good. Wait, from critics or audience? I don't know. I got to hold on. I mean, on, it, me. it's it's kind of like... It's I would, got... I would say it, it's like proto-Underworld. Proto-Resident, yeah. like right there with the first Resident it, it's, Evil. It's got a 40% from critics. It's got an 81% from audience. That just goes to show it's you the critics are out of touch with the people. No, it's entertaining. Yeah. So, like, what's your criteria for a good movie? Did yeah. could you sit through the whole thing? Did you have a smile at the end of it? I think if you watched Equilibrium, both of those things would happen. Equilibrium that, my is list now. the movie equivalent of a mall ninja. <laughs> um, it's, it's just so good. There's so many good parts of Equilibrium to where I'm, I'm ready you're, for you're, it. You just like. It's an incredulous laugh that you just saw what you saw and you don't regret it. You might even have to rewind. <laughs> there's it's... actually some pretty interesting cinematography in it. Too. Oh, no, no. And like there, there are some cool parts. And there's uh, I want to say when he's I can't remember if he shoots out all the lights in one scene and then all you see is like muzzle flash for like mm -hmm. the lighting of it. But it's 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 got some pretty cool scenes for sure. It's also got some pretty decent, like, cuts. I want to say they have some fun with him and, like, uh, his mirror when he's, like, stopping to take his medication. It's it's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. Um... I, I do... I do want to say, if we're gonna... If we're gonna shoot this new water world, I have one stipulation. It's... It might take some extra money in the budget to teach him how to act, but I do... I do have a request for the, our lead. Um... Oh, he's, and, he's, he's coming back. He, I'll do it. Oh! Oh, I, I was gonna say. I'll do I, it. I was no. I'll I, be the I, lead. I was gonna say Michael Phelps. Oh, oh, we get yeah. we get Michael Phelps to to play the lead. He's the, already got the, the web. He, he's the already got the web feet. No, yeah. you know how much money we'd lose in the freaking uh, catering budget. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, would, I have to eat twelve thousand calories a day. Don't uh, don't do it. Get rid of him. <laughs> we can't afford his food budget. Dude, the guy's costing us fucking two hundred dollars a week on monsters. Where he costs one million dollars to make, and nine hundred thousand of that is just food budget. I thought you were gonna say CG Dennis Hopper, and I was gonna be about it. He died in twenty ten. Yeah, so it's in perfect taste. Broke my heart. <laughs> oh god. Broke my little heart. <laughs> um, let's get to the true tour de force: Conan the Barbarian, nineteen So the Barbarian. So we, we watched. It was the it was the Jason Momoa one we watched, right? Stop it. <laughs> ack -ack. Uh, that that is actually a huge ack ack because so right right here right now before we get to talk about conan we, we have to address it before we forget forever conan's a better movie right Waterworld versus conan 
Conan is absolutely the better movie. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it comes... I don't know. I, I think Greg. I think I preferred Waterworld. Holy shnikey. <laughs> like even like Stop it, fucking trolling, Scott. I was gonna say you, you take <laughs> He's fucking trolling. No, you're yeah, like you, girly dude. No, you're you're allowed you're even allowed to play a devil's advocate because Waterworld definitely like there's so much there. Like I think everyone who watches watches Waterworld can come up with a good idea for what they would do in their Waterworld, and they aren't wrong. Like it has a lot of good, it's missing a lot of things. The only thing Code I would the love Barbarian, to do in Waterworld is die. <laughs> <laughs> Conan the Barbarian is like a whole movie. It's it's like solid start to finish. Uh, it's got a foundation that it just builds on and gets better and better and better. What the, what is the riddle of steel? And I, I mean like and also like all of the character building is like it's so good. good. It's so good. We love like like the dialogue hits. Oh, and it's incredibly quotable. So I think this movie is a really good example of like letting your actors act with their body language and their face. James Earl Jones straight up put a put a woman to at peace just with a stare and like a calming gaze, and then and kills the fucking her. Fucking back I, I, I was, to death. I was, <laughs> I was gonna. I mean, that's Conan's mom. He straight up decapitates her. He backhands um, her head off. <laughs> like. And I couldn't help but wonder, like, what the hell is a blind or seeing impaired person thinking while this is happening? They're just sitting in the theater and they're like, what the hell is going on? It's just silent. But there's so much going on just yeah. between these looks, between these characters. And yeah, I was going to say, it's a it's a movie so with very little, little dialogue. So little. There's, there's, there's so very little uh, yeah, the, dialogue. The dialogue is rare, movie. but it's punchy like yes. it's very 70s in that yeah. way mm -hmm. and that, like it's very efficient with its dialogue i i do want to say so i it didn't register to me that um uh, doom was james earl jones until I, I i was sitting there i'm just like ah his voice sounds so familiar and then it hits me right at the end and i'm like oh Shit. Did it hit you when he said, "I am your father"? <laughs> it, 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 it hit me when he said, when he when he calls him my son. He's like, "My son, my son." <laughs> yeah, and then it hit me, and I was like, "No fucking way!" Fuck yeah! And I was Dude. like, "Yeah, that's fucking him." And like, that's like the actors in this were some big chop actors. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it says a lot whenever like the worst actor in this, like the probably the least compelling performance is Arnold but yeah. like he doesn't need that because he's not relying on that for his scenes he's re he's relying on his body you know like yeah. uh his line delivery isn't perfect but like because he is who he is and he's like one of the biggest freaking dudes in the world at, at the time that this was made like every freaking scene you're looking at him you know mm-hmm I also just like how, like, to compare it to just, like, 80s versus 90s adventure, like, Conan to Waterworld, it's, Conan is so almost, like, saturated with color, it seems, like. Yeah, big it, sprawling vistas, interesting yeah, landscapes, the where, sky. 
it seems Waterworld. I, I I hate to give it a 7.8 on IGN because of too much water, but I mean, like, it is nothing but <laughs> light blue gradients and Kevin Costner in the frame sometimes. God, and the costuming yeah. for Waterworld just looks so dirty. Mm-hmm. What I mean, at, especially in the end when Kevin Costner gets like the the shotgun bandolier and the vest on, and he looks like he straight up belongs on land. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, he looks You're like a, a Mad pirate. Max character at that point. <laughs> Give him a helmet and some goggles, and he's good to go. Actually, he he had a pair of goggles. I think like around his neck or something, around his head. It, it, what a, yeah, I anyway. think that was his disguise, wasn't it? Just yeah. wearing a pair of goggles. Yeah, yeah. A little goofus malufus. But then, like the. All of the characters in Conan are like compelling, interesting characters. Jerry mm. Lopez is Subutai is like the coolest sidekick. Love ever been. Uh, I, it's you. You all. He catches me by surprise every time. I'm like, oh my god, Subutai! I forgot about you, man. Yeah. Yeah, what a and fucking, then you, what a trusty ward. Out. Trusty ward. Just every Batman needs is Robin, and Subutai fits right in there. And you find out that Jerry Lopez was just a freaking famous surfer mm -hmm. that you know got cast in this and does a phenomenal performance um i mean the legendary mako as the wizard and narrator mm -hmm. like a freaking icon of our childhoods uh aku from samurai jack yep. general iro from uncle iro from uh avatar last airbender i went with his military <laughs> That's how much respect I have. <laughs> I respect him. I saluted when I said it. <laughs> um, like, it's just excellent casting. And again, like, Arnold's the weakest acting-wise, but he's also, like, the character that draws your eye in every scene. So it's, like, easily forgivable. Oh, and, and I mean, just such a, a presence just being there. I will say, uh, Shelby walked in halfway through me watching this movie and she asked why all the men in this movie have and i quote slutty little bangs <laughs> don't worry about it uh, but it was it was the time of high adventure everyone has max von sidow is old king osric yeah phenomenal he gives that like jaded dude who's been in power so long that like it it truly means nothing to him and, and when he's giving that whole monologue about like there will come a time when jewels cease to glitter and the only thing that matters is your loved ones, you know? And it just it hits hard. And the movie at times, like, gets hammy, but even then I enjoy it, right? It's kind of the inverse of Waterworld in that way, where it's like Waterworld is generally hammy and then it gets serious and that's when it gets boring. Whereas this is like generally a serious movie and then it'll get hammy, but when it gets hammy, it gets fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think mostly like the hamminess is mostly just a product of its time. Like you're like, ah, it's 82. What could they have done? Uh, because like the reference material is, it, it, it's good. It's good source material they're taking from. This is, this is like literal ancient scripts that they're borrowing and translating to film here. Um, <laughs> Ancient scripts from the year of 1930. <laughs> oh, yes. The Actually, ancient... even before that, I think like 26, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, because, oh, fuck. What's his name that wrote Conan? He, he died at like 28. Shot himself. Uh, Robert Howard. Robert, Robert e. Howard. Howard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, if you, also, if you've ever read the the original Conan stories, they're all very fun. Very much a product of their time, though. So some things are like, uh oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, even even this film dips just a tap into uh oh. But yeah, at the same time, he's sure. he's a goddamn barbarian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We aren't, we aren't supposed to really agree with them. We're just supposed to be like, well, you know what? Maybe he isn't warranted. <laughs> Maybe so, this journey is good. So just going through my notes here, the costuming is really stand out. Feels good. The armor that a lot of them are wearing is very cool. You can definitely see how Thulsa Doom kind of is an inspiration for a lot of like the Warhammer oh, fantasy yeah. chaos warrior type armors. Mm -hmm. Um... God, man, the the props are kind of funny because sometimes the weapons are like realistic and good, and sometimes they're like cartoonishly oversized mm -hmm. to represent giants' weapons. Yeah, but it's still like a little bit silly. Um, back to cast here: Sandal Bergman, who plays Valeria, beautiful, strong, competent. She's six foot tall and just looks like a normal woman because everyone else in this movie is also like six foot tall plus. Yep. Uh, like well written too like she's a wonderful character because she's like all of these things she's like fearless she's strong she's capable and yet like she still has that feminine aspect so she still feels like a real human being you know and she's dead as hell god she did Sneaked nobody asked for it yep Bastards. Did you know that she won not only a Golden Globe, but a Saturn Award for her role in this movie? For her. For uh, for being this character. Yeah, let's just go through the heights real quick. Arnold, 6'2". The guy who plays the High Priest. Uh, he's Ben Davidson. Raxor, I guess. Rexor. That dude is 6'8". James Earl Jones, 6'2". Sven Ola Thorson, who plays uh, Thorgrim, 6'3". Uh, and then you've got, like, Mako, who's probably the shortest person in the movie, and he's 5'4". <laughs> Actually, no, there was a dwarf in the uh, gladiatorial scenes in the beginning, so I guess mm -hmm. he's he's probably not the shortest character. That montage um, was so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is best in life? I love that. And like the world building too, I really enjoy stumbling into the tomb and then like the sword as he's like picking it up, kind of like dislodges his hand and the crown falls off and so, he just kind of marvels there like Krom. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I love when he just says Krom. You don't know what the, what the hell he means by it, but you're like, yeah, he's feeling Krom right there. I, yeah. Well, you you don't know a, if he's stoked he on it or king in the ground. That's like literally what he believes Krom is. You know? Oh yeah, but I'm just like throughout the film, just occasionally, just he just rips out a. Oh man, there's five dudes down there. Krom. Oh man, I just found a sword. Krom. His uh his prayer at the end, like I know no. you don't care about us, but uh you'll know that two men stood against many, and if you don't care, then fuck the hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've not answered my prayer, to hell with you. Oh, I, I could watch top 100 Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes again and again and again. God, 
And in uh, Valeria's talk where she's like, I'd even come back from the dead to fight by your side. And then there's that scene that's like, Gling, she like blocks the blow that's going to kill him. And then he fucking takes the dude out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just such a like satisfying movie. Dude, it's a complete film. Like this is what Conan the Barbarian feels to me. Just solid D&D campaign, right? Like, start to finish, this is first party, Wizards of the Coast at their best. You're like, hell yeah, we did it, guys. Waterworld is someone's homebrew of their like, yeah, this is uh, a map I made, it's like half done, uh, we're gonna... It's inspired gonna by Mad Max, a- but yep. it's we're on the roll- open seas. And we are rolling a campaign in on it. There's nothing you guys can do, have fun. Also, also, <laughs> I, I wrote a character in, he's an NPC, and he's guiding us the whole way. My bad guys are really serious guys, okay? Uh, well, my, my bad guys inbred are inspired. cousins and... Uh... <laughs> my bad guys are like inspired by Batman villains, but they don't really fit in this world, but they're still great. So you're, you're gonna love them. Who doesn't love Batman villains? It is interesting though, that this movie used so many people that like weren't typically actors like Jerry Lopez and Ben Davidson, who he was actually a football player. He played for Green Bay. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that about Ben Davidson. Yeah. He does great. Dude with the huge mustache. Mm-hmm. The facial hair in this movie is great. I love freaking Subit's eyes. Oh, I, I mean, everyone looks just distinct. Like, yeah, again, every, every, the everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when a, a video game just everyone looks different. So you're like, wow, great. I know exactly who everyone is at all God. times when they're on screen. And it all looks so good. Like when you get the close-ups and you can see the chainmail that Arnold is wearing, you're like, damn, that's legit. That's like legit stuff right there. You, it's you such a breath of fresh air after loves. watching uh after watching like Rings of Power where you see the armor and you're like this looks like plastic 3D printed trash. Yeah, I don't think your mesh is working right. <laughs> Whoever's wearing their green T-shirt, tell them to get the crease up. So let's compare real quick. Up. Like out of ten, what would you guys give Waterworld? So Waterworld, the film. I mean, just the film. The the, the three hour. I'm sorry, the two hour fifty seven minute film. Like seven. Seven point four. Scott, what would you give it? Um, it's satisfactory as hell. Yeah, I'd give it. I give it like a seven. Yeah, like a seven. Yeah, I'd say like a six point five for me. That's fair. Like I, I don't like it's. It was so attempted to be well done. Yeah. Like they wanted it. Everyone, I think, that did the film wanted it to do well, and like you could see that, but something happened. Some happened, and I could see why it flopped. But did it deserve to flop? I don't think so. And is it as bad as it was panned for being? I also don't think so. Shooting on the open ocean, like, how many of them were, like, seasick while doing scenes? Dude, who (laughs) the hell knows? Because, like, I could absolutely... If you told me that Kevin Costner was having the worst time of his life, I would absolutely believe you and be like, oh, okay, his performance is forgivable then. (laughs) Whereas, well, like... I've, I've heard that 
this and like and Robin Hood Prince of Thieves were kind of movies that Kevin Costner took over as an actor like straight up was overturning some of the director's calls and shit and like people didn't really like working with him for those two films I do remember hearing that somewhere and actually listening to that that's interesting yes there was there was a lot of drama I mean understandably there was a lot of drama making Waterworld and it yeah. it was not it was kind of like how Jaws was set up not to succeed but somehow Jaws made it to the finish line and is one of the greatest films of all time makes me think of like Tombstone how Tombstone the director just like stopped showing up to set and so uh not Patrick Swayze who's the other one Kurt Russell Kurt Russell like basically took over directing the film and ended up directing like most of the movie and how like everyone because he's like an actor he wasn't like super pushing for director stuff so he just kind of let everyone do what they wanted to do mm-hmm. and it came out so good whereas like this if Kevin Costner was like <laughs> giving commands and it just like coming up short sounds funny to me Here's yeah, a question. I enjoyed it. Out of 10, Conan, what would you guys do? I mean, I think anything less than an... I would give it an 8... Point, I, would, I would give it an 8.2 because it came out in 1982. I think anything under an 8... It's kind of... like I think it's just too well done of a movie not to give it its flowers and give it an 8. Yeah. Um... I think it's a, a little a little bit better than that. Like, I enjoyed it when I watched it as, I think I was like 13, 14, straight up shaped like an, a, a pillar of masculinity in me. Like that, that is cert- it's certainly one side of masculinity. The, the, the strong, the absolute brick shit house who fights, who fights off demons and gets the girl. Like that is a pillar of masculinity. Yeah. I mean, and Conan does it in spades. Hacking the snake's head off in two chops was. Oh my god, awesome. dude! And like, he really isn't. Like, Conan isn't a character that is very flawed. Like Indiana Jones, scared of snakes. Like, I love Indiana Jones, one of my favorite heroes of all time. But scared of snakes. Yeah, he's not particularly flawed, but he's also like not indestructible. Like, he gets the shit beat. Oh yeah! Him. Oh, he's. Motherfucker's still trying to figure out the riddle of steel. <laughs> I love it every time, dude. He's just sitting there, blood on his face. The riddle of steel. And I'm like, shut up, Arnold. Go to bed. You are you are knocked out, boy. Like, Let him hang on the tree of woe. It's it is I'll just such it, a solid film. It's it's very well done. I'll give it a seven point seven. Obnoxious. <laughs> What'd you give Waterworld? A seven solid? A seven. Yeah, right. just a seven. Alright. I'd say Conan's like a solid eight and a half for me. Yeah. I could I could definitely see that. And it, like it wouldn't be ridiculous. So if someone said Conan the Barbarian is in, you know, my top ten, maybe even top five, I would accept. If Waterworld's anywhere in that talk, I'd be like, really? <laughs> Did you watch it? Did you watch it with mom before she passed? I have away? to really dig out why. Yeah. Is there, is there nostalgia in this or? Like, here's the thing about Conan is unlike Waterworld, I can't immediately think of a way to improve it. 
apart from just being like, uh, let's just make all the weapons as realistic as possible. Like it's it's all technical stuff like that where mm -hmm. it's like maybe I, AI facelift would be good for Conan. <laughs> uh, AI detail work on the weapons. Jesus. At first it was deep fakes. Now this. And it's also like I, I don't think there is a good improvement to the story because it all comes around so well. It all ties up so well. When you borrow from good material, shit, good shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's a question. Have either of you watched Conan the Destroyer? Suppose nothing hurts you, nope. only pain. I mean, I hadn't, I, I hadn't even seen, I hadn't even seen Conan the Barbarian. I'm just going to preempt. Well, I'm not watching Conan the, the Destroyer again. Uh, <laughs> it came out after this they they tried to make like a kid friendly Conan the Barbarian movie uh, and it's just dog shit dude it's amazing it's like a 4 out of 10 yikes it's it's kind well, of it's kind of what became of, of like sequels in, in the 80s that's I don't want to say that's what started it but I mean that was definitely par for the course for the next decade was just damn. good concept and then really shitty sequel afterwards. Yeah. So, Which so is kind of like because... where we're at now with everything. More so everything <laughs> gets greenlit for a universe that maybe shouldn't have one. Like that's yeah. how that's how exponential it's gotten where back in the day it was, wow, the first one did great. You need to make a second one. It's like, wow, your first one was good and you left just enough open doors that we told you to leave that we can go out of any of those doors and make whatever we want with it. Thank you. Thank you for your neat little shower idea that we turned into a movie and is now part of a larger universe. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Conan uh, kind of created this atmosphere where everyone started making these like big strongman exploitation yep. films. So you can find on like Amazon Prime probably like a hundred different movies that are all vaguely Conan based but they just don't have that like artistic heart to it and so they're all just like yeah let's show topless women and egregious Dude. violence and people will love it and chainmail bikini broadsword yeah <laughs> get it broad i would actually say red sonia is probably worth a watch i don't think it's as good as conan the barbarian but it's definitely better than like conan the destroyer or conan 2011. um yeah Red Sony is kind of interesting because Arnold is in it. He's not playing Conan. Uh, Sandal Bergman is in it. She's not playing Valeria. I don't think but I've ever seen But it feels like Red it's Sonia. the same world. Oh, this is great. It's It's got like five people from Indiana Jones in it. <laughs> Three I got right now. Yeah, uh, I remember pretty much enjoying it when I watched it originally. Um, 1985 came out two years after Conan. It's another character created by Robert E. Howard. It's Dude, big, these, strong people th throwing swords around. So these, these high fantasy comics were sweet. It's like, it's like right up there with, not comics, but what would you call it? Pulp Fiction. Mm -hmm. 
same thing with like that 1950s like sci-fi aesthetic it's they like go hand in hand of just like really when they're done well they're really cool in my opinion yeah i'd agree um so with that what what are we gonna do for next time what are we gonna do for do, next do we want to do uh escape from new york escape from la whoa oh i'd love to absolutely let's, I, let's, I, I, I've, been, I've been i've been itching to watch them so oh man what a, so this is this is i will quite literally say escape from new york and escape from la I mean, it is almost Barbie into Oppenheimer, or, or rather, if you do it that way, Oppenheimer into Barbie. <laughs> I mean, one of them takes itself way more seriously than the other one. <laughs> I'm so down. All right, let's do it. Are you guys going to back to back them? I'm not back to back them. I'm, I'm going to back to back them. I'll probably back to back them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, okay, so we have to back to back them. All right. You heard so it, you we face. just want to like stick to those two and hope some news comes up? Oh yeah, yeah. it'll come up. Yeah, absolutely. And if not, we'll just we'll spend the whole thirty minutes um, dark tide updates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week. As always, our music was by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Um, I've been Andrew. That's been Scott. Also was Tom. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Buy our merch. Uh, oh, dude, we got to get the new Waterworld shirt out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, oh, and it's be, be on the lookout for our... Uh, our Waterworld water bottle. Our Waterworld hydro bottle. <laughs> One of a kind. You our piss water in it world, and you get water. You, uh, you pee in it and you get the same amount of water back. God, the, the shirt just says, we can get you wet. Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> cousin what's that cousin's name (laughs) (laughs) what what a vague shirt that would be imagine (laughs) Uh, uh, just like a navy blue shirt white text what's that cousin's name like everyone would think you're from (laughs) alabama i didn't say redacted i say nothing i'd like to apologize to the state of alabama i I said (laughs) well uh with that uh what else Roll do we have other things i don't know if you want to email us a question or a concern or uh oh, yeah. chide tom for his crass talk about the state of alabama no you can send, email us send your complaints to cryptid works fuck is it cryptid works official cryptid works official at gmail.com at gmail.com cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com I cannot be contained cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com Also, are, are, is this the start of John Carpenter era or what? Oh yeah, yeah this is the start let's of do John it. Carpenter era So if you want to know what we're going to be doing for the next uh, couple weeks uh, next week, looks like we have Escape from New York and Escape from LA on the docket and after that we'll probably leap into I think The Thing and They Live Oh, that's that's a nice double banger yeah. I can dig that for sure. But, oh man, do we want to be on brand and save that for October? No, because October, you have to do Halloween. Yeah, October, we'll probably watch through every Halloween movie. Oh, that's great. Yes. Every Halloween, 
just because John Carpenter got a check for everyone. Or maybe we'll just not watch any of the Halloween. So we'll watch the it's... hit mid two thousands movie House of Wax. <laughs> <laughs> watch Paris sure. Hilton die. Oh, why not? Sure. Um. Yeah. Uh. Good night. I love you. Love we you love too. you. Love you, John Boy. I love you more though. You're my favorite boy. If you're still listening to this, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this is the most. This is the speakeasy of the of the the bad pipes. If you made it this far, you're chilling with the boys. This is like the credit scene where you're hanging out with us. Crack a cold one and chill with the boys. Getting toasty. In here. And guess what? We don't even mind if it's Bud Light. You know, I don't mind Bud Light. Maybe uh. It's the people's. <laughs> Maybe, uh, fuck, what's his name that we were talking about earlier? Post Malone. Maybe Post Malone can learn something from us. Yeah. Oh, man. What if Post, what if Post Malone was a fan? I'd be so happy. That'd be wild. Someone send a link to him. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Dude, I loved Sunflower. Do you remember okay, Spider-Man? Uh, bye-bye, and remember... Eat your vegetables.